It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. host Joe Dolan and welcome to the 2023 franchise focus podcast series here at fantasypoints.com and the fantasy points podcast network we've entered the third week of recording these podcasts and I've already made my way around the first three divisions in the AFC we're going to be moving to the AFC West this week talking Broncos Chiefs Raiders and Chargers. I hope everybody's enjoyed the podcast thus far. I've had a lot of fun recording them. I'm learning something new each and every time I record. And really the only difficult thing about them is scheduling them because I'm doing 32 of them, but so many of my guests have been gracious. All of them have been just providing the best information, and I hope you continue to subscribe, rate, and review to the show, and enjoy the podcast. We're going to wrap up the AFC with the AFC West this week. I hope you enjoy. Without further ado, here's my next guest. Welcome back to the Franchise Focus Podcast here at FantasyPoints.com. My name is Joe Dolan, and with me today is a Raiders expert who came very highly recommended from a Raiders fan I know. And let me tell you something, Marcus. I, I had to verify this when 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 my friend told me uh, you got to listen to the tape don't line podcast. I went and checked it out. Great work. And then I went to Reddit, and when Reddit likes you, you're yeah. really good because Reddit <laughs> doesn't like yeah. anything. So exactly. so I knew I knew Marcus was legit. He is Marcus Johnson. He is an NFL and Raiders contributor for Silver and Black Pride, and he is the co-host of the Tape Don't Lie podcast, which has thousands of subscribers and listeners on YouTube and, of course, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. You can find him on Twitter at the Mark John NFL. Marcus, thank you so much for uh, joining me for the Franchise Focus Podcast. I'm excited to talk some Raiders. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. So, Marcus, I got to be honest. I, I don't have a great grasp of what the Raiders are at this point. Uh, Josh McDaniels, in his second head coaching job, ditches the quote-unquote franchise quarterback at well at least he gave Derek Carr more time than he gave Jay Cutler in Denver but he's he, he ditches Derek Carr I I'm they bring in Jimmy Garoppolo first and foremost let's look at this from a big picture perspective what did you see offensively from Josh McDaniels in in his first year as the Raiders head coach maybe from a play calling and play design perspective so you know I, I what I saw was kind of somebody that you know ha, still has kind of like an old older offense that's kind of like maxed out in 2017 so there's so a lot of things that they were doing in 2017 that were just terrific you'll see articles about it all these things that he was doing last decade I think when you go six years from now we're still seeing some of those same plays and I think a lot of the NFL teams have kind of caught on to what he's doing so you'll see like some guys in coverage running the routes for the teams or knowing the calls i mean when they played the patriots i mean of course the patriots they were all over it because the plays is saying kyle duggar's jumping stuff and he's picking things off so i think josh mcdaniels has to find ways to be more creative in his actual scheme whether that is lining guys up in different areas if that's running the same things and going like different like trips or even adding some quads packages into what he needs to do he needs to get more creative and get more updated to what the game is because you know there's a lot of college things are coming into the nfl you watch the dolphins they're doing a lot of college stuff over there i mean andy Reid, of course he's been doing college stuff for who knows how long he's been yeah. stealing from high school football college football and i think that that's what josh mcdaniels used to do 
he, he kind of has his offense that he loves and he loves to run and he knows he works it. And, you know, Tom Brady really was kind of the, the guy for that offense too. And, we, you know, he, he thinks that, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo can come in and start running it again. But I think that's a little bit of it. I think it's a little bit of, it's just a little bit of, uh, I said it wasn't fully vanilla. It's a little bit of vanilla extract because it was not yeah. like a full vanilla offense because there's still some creativity to it but it's just not a lot of creativity to it. So teams can catch on. And then later on in the season, it was a little harder for them to move the ball than it was like mid year or like even later on in the game when he, you know, he had to start making his play calls. Cause he's a great first 15 guy. First 15, he's terrific. He catches teams off guard. He's the 49ers game is a big, uh, a big sign of that. But I think that's, that's, that's his issue going forward, but I still think he's a pretty good play caller. He's maybe not the greatest play caller, probably not in the Kyle Shanahan type of level, but he's still a good play caller. Do you think Derek Carr was a fair scapegoat for what happened last year? Uh, I think it was a little bit of a mixture of a couple of things. I, I don't think Derek Carr played well last year. I think he definitely had a disappointing year. He definitely had trouble catching on to the offense or maybe had some disconnect. I think they had a huge disconnect between him and Joshua Daniels about what he wanted to, how he wanted to run the offense and how Joshua Daniels wanted him to run his offense. And I think that's a little bit why Jimmy Garoppolo is in here because Jimmy Garoppolo is going to run it the way that Joshua Daniels wants to run. So I think, Carr did not play very well last year, definitely coming off of 2021 and 2020 and 2019, where he had a pretty good run of being a real consistent quarterback. You knew what you are going to get, you know, um, you know, you get to get uh, some efficient plays, high completion percentage, all that good stuff. Last year, we saw that to completely tank a little bit. A lot of it's, um, you know, him, you know, a little bit of the offensive line too, a little bit. The offensive line was up and down. They did get better as the year went along, running, rushing the football, but they still were never that good as a pass protection type of guy, uh, setup. But I think, you know, Carr, just him and Daniel just run on the same page. So it really affected his play. He used to anticipate a lot more in 2021 and 2020. And we finally started to see him doing that. Then he kind of went back in 2022 where he wasn't doing that. So we saw a little bit of a disconnect that way with him. Uh, but I, I, it was a little bit on Derek. I mean, it also was the, the whole team just wasn't as good. And they're all disappointing, in my opinion. A lot of the injuries, too, affected the team. But Carr didn't play well either. And that's why he had, ended up getting shipped out. What's going on with, with Jimmy Garoppolo? I mean, he, Josh McDaniels wants him to come in and run this offense, but he's you know got to actually be on the field in order to do that. What's up with his with his foot? Um, it, it, do do we do we even now have any clue if he's going to be ready for training camp at this point? They say he's going to be ready for training camp. I don't know how well he how how much he's going to be participating in training camp or how much he's going to be active in practice when they do like, let's say they do those, uh, the practice where the two teams play against each other. Is he going to participate in that? Or are they going to feel okay with him going to practice and running those things? Is he going to be full speed? We don't know that. And, you know, if, if he has another mix up with it, I mean, they say he's on track to to come back for training camp. I mean, that's kind of a little bit of a rumor, but everything's really quiet on that. So it's going to be interesting to see how that goes forward, but they kind of, they knew about it when they redid the contract regardless and that was who they felt like they didn't draft anybody behind him they put they went with brian hoyer behind him who brian hoyer played like a series last year and got hurt so i ever saw he started the game again as bailey zappley bailey zappy came in so you know uh, it's gonna be interesting to see what they do with jimmy grappolo hopefully he's healthy but you know even if he is healthy he's like what i was saying is how well he's is he gonna play on that ankle if it's not it's going to be healed but how confident is he going to be is he be thinking about it when he's playing early on in the season you know a lot of things happen with guys with injuries you know they're saying the same thing about Kyler Murray I mean Kyler Murray's probably going to be ready but you know everybody's talking about his injury I think Jimmy Garoppolo has the same type of uh, situation where is he going to be 
he might be ready to go, but is he going to really be ready to go? And that's kind of what I'm worried about. And, uh, you know, that's kind of, you know, it kind of hurts the outlook for the Raiders offensively a little bit. I mean, everything's kind of hurting the outlook for the Raiders offensively because as we're recording this and Marcus, I'm scheduling 32 of these. I got to build up a backlog to make sure that I'm ahead of I'm ahead of the curve. But as we're yeah. scheduling this. As a matter of fact, today, which would be last week for those of you listening to this, Tom Pelissero reports Josh Jacobs, who is the Raiders franchise player, doesn't plan or there's a good chance he doesn't report to training camp unless there's progress on a long-term deal. We know how the running back position is valued right now. There's a similar situation going down with Saquon Barkley with the New York Giants. But Josh Jacobs was the Raiders' best offensive player last year. He was the guy Mm -hmm. who really made things go for them. What's your read on the situation with Josh Jacobs and – is there a chance this holdout extends into the season? Yeah, I think there's a chance it holds out. It, the extension, uh, it goes into the season, I think. I think there's, there's a situation where that could happen because I think Josh Jacobs was a little bit disrespected last year. You know, they drafted two running backs. They played him in the preseason. And then and then he, he ended up being the best player on offense, right? And he kind of leading the offense, them depending on him, him having 340 carries. And I think Josh kind of, feels the type of way about all of this, them franchise tagging him, them not paying him, and then expecting him to come in and take the load over again. Because, you know, when you have Jimmy Garoppolo as a quarterback, he's never thrown the ball more than 500 times in a season, right? And even if you go to Brian Hoyer or you go to uh, Aiden O'Connell, you're going to have to run the football. And Josh Jacobs is one of the you know top five running back in the NFL. Definitely showed he could, uh, you know, be a th- three-down back, more receptions last year. Definitely showed that he could do a lot from, you know, uh, from the, uh, you know, scrimmage yards and all that stuff. So, you know, he's going to be a big factor, but I think Josh Jacobs, he just feels disrespected a little bit by these guys. And I think he's going to make a point that way. So I think they got to try to figure this out. They're not even talking, which is uh, the big problem for me. You know, Saquon Barkley, uh, you know, in that Tom Pelissero, they're talking about they're having conversations, at least. The Raiders aren't talking at all. So it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. But the Raiders need him. Uh, you know, Zamir White and Britton Brown are behind them. I am. A, I do like Britton Brown. And I think he's somebody that he be, he could probably be effective back in the league just because you know just the way he runs the ball. He's a really slow guy. He's not really a, a, a you know break a fifty yard run or anything like that. But um, he, he he would probably you know in my opinion be probably a little bit better than Zamir White. But you know either way they need Josh Jacobs to make this offense run because they're not going to be able to pass the ball in my opinion if they don't can't run the ball. So it's going to be a struggle for them if they can't figure out something out with Josh Jacobs. You know, I actually think it's really interesting you mentioned Britton Brown because he was the second of the two running backs. Zamir White obviously was a big-time recruit, got hurt at Georgia. But, I mean, you're right. Look at the rest of this depth chart behind Josh Jacobs. Amir Abdullah, Brandon Bolden. How many running backs are there in the NFL who are 30 or more, and the Raiders have two of them? I, I mean, like, like it, it's not a big – it's not a really long list right now. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's not. And, the, the, the you know, for the outlook for them from the running back room, you know, if Zamir White, they traded up to, to get him. And I really feel like Zamir White was supposed to be the guy this year. Like when they when they traded up for Zamir White, Zamir White was supposed to be the guy and Josh Jacobs was supposed to move on, right? But Josh Jacobs, they're not, Zamir White's not ready. So they had to franchise tag Josh Jacobs. And that's why Josh Jacobs is like, okay, if you guys need me so much, you guys need to pay me. And I think they're, they're in that type of situation because – if Zamir White and even you know Mick Lombardi at one of his press conferences, who is the uh, the offensive coordinator for the Raiders, in one of his press conferences, talk about was talking about Zamir White and Britton Brown, how they're not really that ready yet, still, 
right? They're not, they don't feel too comfortable and they got to get ready in pass protection. They got to get better in all these things. So, you know, they really need Josh Jacobs because, you know, Zamir White, I think he, he had his chance uh, last year. And I think when he got his chance, he didn't really make the most of it. He had about 17 carries last year. It was about 4.1 yards per carry, but most of it was, he had a couple long runs in there mixed mixed in there, but a lot of it was kind of him just running to the line. So, you know, that's why, you know, I think there's a better, to me, there's a better upside with Britton Brown because I think Britton Brown can make guys miss and create a little bit by himself. But, you know, if Josh Jacobs isn't ready, man, I, I think it's, it's going to be a struggle regardless running the football. At least Derek Carr got the ball to Devontae Adams. He had 100 catches yeah. last year. He had 14 touchdowns. Devontae Adams is Devontae Adams. I feel like you and I can maybe get the ball to him at, at some point. But is there a concern, at least from a fantasy standpoint, you play fantasy, that – uh, Jimmy Garoppolo might not be as effective in getting the ball to Devontae Adams as Derek Carr was. Yeah, I, I think it goes two ways just, just for fantasy. I think I think the touchdowns, I think they might still have a chance to be there because I think he's still a red zone monster, right? He's been a red zone monster his whole career. I think they had a little bit of issue last year with the red zone. Um, but, you know, for his career, you know, Devontae Adams has been a red zone monster. Yeah, double digit touchdowns in yeah. the last seven seasons. That's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so I think touchdown wise, I think he's going to be fine. I think he's still going to find a way to score a lot of touchdowns. I think he's going to get a lot of catches. I just don't think the yards are going to be there as much because I think that Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't throw down field. And I know Devontae Adams is a yak guy. He can do yak and all that stuff, but he's no Debo Samuel with the yak. I mean, he's still a good yak guy. He can make a lot of guys miss in open field and, and make some plays with the ball in his hand, but he's not going to make three guys miss and then run 70 yards or take a screen and take it 70 yards for a screen, right? So I think there's, they're still mixing a lot of short passes, though, with him. I think that he's going to get a lot, a lot of catches and maybe a lot of looks that way. But the explosive plays that him and Carr had last year, I think there's going to be eliminated uh, a lot because a lot of his touchdowns were 25 yards plus, and a lot of those explosive plays. And you know, some people in fantasy and some of their leagues they have those 25 plus uh, bonuses, and you're not, you might, you're probably not getting that from Devontae Adams this year. And, you, and I still think he might have a lot of catches though, yeah. uh, and be probably a little bit more efficient. But I don't think the yards is going to be there as much. So I think there's a, a little bit lower fantasy outlook for him. But I, I think I still think he's going to have at least ten touchdowns. So let's play it straight here. Josh McDaniels comes over to the uh, the Vegas Raiders. Okay, they have a, a young man who is coming off a 103 catch, thousand yard, nine touchdown season in Josh McDaniels' first season. He just so happens, Marcus. Let's just call it like it is to be a small white slot receiver. And what yeah. has Josh McDaniels always loved? Small white <laughs> slot receivers dating back to his time at the Patriots. What the yeah. hell happened with Hunter Renfro last year? Even besides the injuries, I, I think. One thing from 2021 to 2022, I think Hunter Renfro had to change his routes. I think Josh McDaniels made him change his routes a lot. Um, I, I covered this a little bit on my TDL show the last time. You know, Hunter Renfro was, you know, kind of just doing his own thing, kind of making up his own kind of routes out there. And Josh McDaniels kind of like kind of basically said, no, you're not going to do that anymore. You're going to run routes how I want you to run routes. And I think Renfro had a little bit of an adjustment. I think he got a little bit better as the year went along, trying to figure out how he could still be himself and do what exactly what Josh McDaniels does. But I think it had a little bit of effect on him. But I think year two going into it, I think he's got a better idea of what they want. And I think he's going to be able to work that slot a little bit more. Cause I think that's a really big part of this offense, especially with Jimmy Garoppolo, you're going to have to have that, that uh, short passing guy. And I think Hunter Renfro can be that. I think that's why I think he's going to have a lot more catches this year and be a lot more effective just in the short passing game is he's going to get a lot more looks that way. 
you know, they love that hot seat juke. And when he was in the game, they really love running that play. So I think you're going to see a lot more of that, especially working out with Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, and I, I think you can see a better year from Hunter Renfro if he stays healthy. But I think that was the biggest thing last year. He was just adjusting to how they wanted him to play slot. So they put, they spent big money uh, on, or relatively big money, on Jacoby Myers, bringing him in in free agency. Um, Jacoby Myers, now the markets for fantasy uh, are drafting Jacoby Myers well ahead of where they're drafting Hunter Renfro right now. Do you think that's fair? Uh, I think it's interesting that, because I, I still feel like Hunter Renfro is going to have a bigger year than Jacoby Myers will, because just okay. because of Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, the way that they're going to play offense, I think they're going to play inside out and you know i know jacoby Myers is probably to get in there a little bit and maybe he might score more touchdowns he might be more effective in the red zone maybe even though i think hunter Renfro is really great in the red zone and i really feel like they should use him more there because i think he could he could win one-on-ones and they could do a lot of those things they did with brandon uh cooks and they did with julian edelman they could run those routes with hunter Renfro in the red zone and then, you know some of those kind of whip routes where he's going in and out they could do those things with him so that's why i think that you know hunter Renfro is gonna have a little bit better year because i think jacoby myers is gonna play more outside this year than he ever has before because they, they don't have a guy like matt collins and jacoby myers can block and that's really what he's gonna replace is uh is matt collins and on first down doing a lot of the blocking and things like that so you know just I know the buzz probably is like, you know, McDaniels, Myers, he's going to have a lot more outlook, right? But I think Myers is going to, you know, he's going to be playing a lot more outside, and I think he's not going to be as effective there, in my opinion, unless they try to find different ways to move these guys around inside, which is a possibility. But I, I still think Hunter Renfro might have a better outlook going forward, in my opinion. I think the general consensus uh, among all of draft Twitter, all of the draft community on television, Daniel Jeremiah et al., when the Raiders selected Trey Tucker in the third round before his teammate Tyler Scott came off the board, I don't know how, how big a draft nut you are before the draft, but what was kind of your reaction to that pick? And, and what, what did the Raiders say uh, to, to kind of make sense of that pick? Yeah, I was shocked by that. I mean, I knew they were going to pick a slot guy because I, I I just know what Hunter Renfro and his contract coming up, they, they're they going to f- try to find another slot guy that can come fit in right after, you know, they might get rid of Hunter Renfro at this year. So I, I kind of figured they have they were going to pick a slot guy. I used to think it was going to be Trey Tucker just because Trey Tucker, you know, he, he has a little bit of issues with separating, in my opinion, from the slot. But he's a tough guy great hands and he you know he, he he's he's willing to go in there and block and do a lot of those tough things he's a really competitive player uh you know um re, uh returns kicks did a lot of things that that maybe the raiders saw him as like kind of that locker room guy that they love and i think that's why they ended up picking him because i think you know the outlook for him and other slot receivers that were out there i think there was a lot, a lot better future in my opinion than trey tucker but i think there's some elements there because he has great hands and he's a tough guy over the middle that's something that they really like but i was shocked by it. I, I mean, it was kind of a more of a luxury pick, but you know, I kind of had a feeling that it would go that route, but it just wasn't the guy that I thought it was going to be for sure. You know, uh, the offensive line last year for the Raiders, you know, according to Football Outsiders metrics, incredible run blocking, but the Raiders didn't do really. I mean, I don't think they did anything this offseason. I maybe they brought in Greg Van Roten from Buffalo, but mm-hmm. they didn't sign him until until May. Is, is there a reason to be concerned there with the uh, with the offensive line? Is it set? Do you think it should be set? Uh, I think it's a concern with pass protection. You know, run blocking, I think they're fine. I think they'll be okay run blocking, running the ball. I still think Josh Jacobs made him a little bit better of a run blocking line. And when they messed up, Josh Jacobs made him look really good. 
but I think pass protection, I think there's still a struggle. I think they still struggled last year with pass protection. And that's what, that's my biggest worry with Jimmy Garoppolo because he's not very great under pressure. And, you know, either was Derek Carr, but Derek Carr is a little bit better than him. And you kind of saw Derek Carr have some trouble with the, the pressure that they were having that he was under a lot last year. And I think that's going to maybe trickle in if they, since they didn't upgrade the offensive line, unless like Dylan Parham takes the next step, which is a very big possibility. He might take that next step. You know, Jermaine and Luminar played pretty well last year. It's just more like Andre James and Alex Bars. Those two guys are were a pretty bad starters last year, especially Alex Bars. He's probably one of the worst guards in football last season. So just, just in pass protection, I think they have uh, some issues there. I think running the football, I think they'll be fine. Yeah. They'll be pretty good running the ball uh, as, as that, but this is a passing league. So, I mean, if you get to third down and, you know, teams are stunning and blitzing, you know, it's in, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo's under pressure, you know, you might have to see yeah. Brian Hoyer earlier than you think. So that's just a little bit where I'm worried about with the pass protection. They didn't upgrade it at all. Marcus, I've been closing out all these franchise-focused podcasts by um, asking my guest, uh, an underrated player on offense who might be able to contribute offensively. Um, and it, I think yours comes from the position we haven't actually discussed yet, the, the tight end position for the Raiders. Uh, they made a pretty important draft pick there, and you think he's got a chance to uh, to produce statistically. Yeah, I think Michael Michael Mayer is going to come in and start day one. I think he's going to be the starter uh, week one when they come in and they start playing football, just going through the going through the preseason and what type of player and how high they were and what he can do. He can block and he can uh, run routes. And I think that's something that they didn't like from Darren Waller. They didn't like Darren Waller that he wasn't a great blocker and he could just run routes. So it kind of put them in a tough position where they can't have him on the field all the time. And I think Michael Mayer is the total opposite. They feel like they can have him on the field all the time. They can mix in the other, some of the other tight ends, do some 12 personnel, maybe do some 13 personnel with O.J. Howard and Austin, Hop, Austin, um, Austin Hooper. You know, I still think Austin Hooper might be the odd man out because I think O.J. Howard blocks a lot better than him. And they they kind of they kind of like that. And just in case they couldn't get a tight end, they're going to have a Y like Austin Hooper, right? But a Y, a slot Y or, or what, you know, outside Y basically. Yeah. But um, with um, Darren, with uh, Michael Mayer, Michael Mayer, he could do both, and I think they really like him, and I think he's going to be a really effective guy. He's going to be a lot on the play action, get a lot more catches than I think, and I think he's going to have a, a surprise fantasy outlook, in my opinion, just because of the way they're going to use him and how how, how much they are, how high they are on him. I, I think there are very few teams in the NFL that have more up in the air heading into training camp than the Las Vegas Raiders. So what you need to do if you want to be up on the Raiders is subscribe to the Tate Don't Lie podcast and go and read Silver and Black Pride and follow Marcus on Twitter at the Mark John NFL. He is Marcus Johnson. This was my first ever discussion with him. I am coming away incredibly impressed. I had a great time. Marcus, you were fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you, man. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. Definitely. I'm a fan of Fancy Point, so I'm really excited to come on. So, Well, uh, I appreciate the plug. Make sure you give me your email so I can hook you up with a free subscription. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening to this edition of the Franchise Focus Podcast. We'll be wrapping up the AFC West with a podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers very shortly. Thanks, everybody, and have a great one. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com.